Bonjour, Rasa. Aloha, Dad. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm very well. Are you ready to know everything? I am ready. Let's go. Today, I want to share with you one of the most important pieces of advice I ever read. And of all things, it has to do with pronunciation. Pronunciation. Okay. What is it? The advice is from a book called The Elements of Style. And one of the authors makes this really great argument when you think about it. He says, if you don't know how to pronounce a word, don't speak softly and hide behind it. Instead, say it loud. Then everyone around will hear you. And if someone knows how to pronounce the word and hears you said it wrong, they will correct you. Then you'll learn. And it may be a little embarrassing for a moment, but you will know how to say that word out loud for the rest of your life. It's word power you can actually use. Wow. That's pretty cool. And that's pretty true, too. It's wise. And I love that advice. I think when I read it, I was in fifth grade. And it changed my life. I started raising my hand more. I started speaking up more. I started trying to answer questions even if I wasn't sure I had the right answer, or if a teacher said something and I was confused, I raised my hand to ask a question and to help me not be afraid of sounding dumb. It was about way more than pronunciation. It was about everything in life. If you're brave enough to risk making mistakes out loud in public, you will learn so much so fast. Speaking up, Answering or asking questions, right or wrong, is the best way to get smart. I think that's really wise. That's really true. Yeah. The idea is you can hold yourself back so much more than anyone else. So don't. Let yourself go. Let yourself free. If you don't know how to say a word, say it loud. ready for today's poem? Yes, I'm ready. It's called The Emigrant Irish. It's by Yvonne Boland. Now, do you know what an emigrant is? No. So you probably know what an immigrant is. Yes. An immigrant is someone who comes to a country from another country. And an emigrant is really similar. It's someone who leaves a country to go to another country. So, for example, in this case, it's about the emigrant Irish. From America's perspective, the Irish were immigrants. From the people in Ireland's perspective, the people who left to go to America were emigrants. They weren't the people who came. They were the people who left. Yeah. So, The Emigrant Irish by Yvonne Boland. Like oil lamps, we put them out the back of our houses, of our minds. We had lights better then, newer then, and then... A time came, this time and now we need them, their dread makeshift example. They would have thrived on our necessities. What they survived, we could not even live. By their lights, now it is time to imagine how they stood there, what they stood with, that their possessions may become our power. Cardboard, iron, their hardships parceled in them, patience, Fortitude, 
long-suffering in the bruise-colored dusk of the new world, and all the old songs, and nothing to lose. Wow. Will you read it? Yes, The Emigrant Irish by Yvonne Boland. Like oil lamps, we put them out back of our houses, of our minds. We had lights better then, newer then. And then the time came, this time and now. We need them. Their dread makeshift example. They would have thrived on our necessities. What if they survived? We could not even live. By their lights, now it is time to imagine how they stood there and what they stood with, that their possessions may become our power. Hardboard. Iron, their hardships parceled in them. Patience, fortitude, long suffering in the bruise colored dusk of the new world. All the old songs and nothing to lose. What does that poem make you think of? Well, maybe that poet's like, if there's nothing to lose, maybe we should immigrate too. Hmm. You've lived in one city your entire life. Yeah, I have. You've traveled a bit, but you've certainly lived in one country too. Can you imagine leaving this country forever to live in another country? Or can you imagine a neighbor or a friend leaving this country forever? Would that be brave? Would that be exciting? Would that be scary? I can't imagine it, but I do not like it. And I think it would be both. I think it would be brave of them because, again, it is scary. And so, yeah, I think it would be all of those. Do you know people who moved here from another country or at least from another city or state? People have moved, definitely. I don't know from another country. What do you think of when you see the new kid in class? Do you think of them as a kind of immigrant from wherever they left behind? Or when you have a kid that you have a goodbye for in the middle of the year because they're moving, they're kind of emigrating in their own way too? I think it all depends on your perspective. And right now it's kind of hard to picture because new kids don't stay new kids for long. I think that's a really good point. The immigrants quickly become just like us, whoever we are. The emigrants, though, we don't keep seeing them. So in a funny way, the kids who've left your classes or moved somewhere else, maybe you picture them frozen in one moment more than you do the new kids. Yeah, I guess I kind of do. Last segment of the show. Do you have a vexing question for me? I have a vexing question for you. What is it? My vexing question is, how are waterproof things made? Nowadays, there's so much that's waterproof. There's waterproof pens. There's waterproof cameras where you can take pictures underwater. There's even an underwater post office with waterproof envelopes. 
Wow. Did you read that one of your strange but true books? Weird but true, but yes. Okay. How are waterproof things made? I'll get on it and I'll get back to you. I'm back. And before we get into how waterproof things are made, we need to ask why, because there are actually lots of different meanings and methods. A waterproof jacket, for example, is meant mainly to keep your clothes and body dry in the rain. You want the rain to hit it and bounce off instead of getting in. At the same time, you might get sweaty underneath, so you want trapped moisture from your body to be able to escape. A jacket that was totally waterproof would actually be suffocating. That's why you'll see a really cool stretched chemical coating. Plasticky enough to make water bounce off it, but airy enough that you can breathe in it. Now, a pen with waterproof ink is a totally different case. The idea there is your writing on a page won't dissolve if it gets wet with water. That's tricky because the ink still has to be liquid to get out of the pen in the first place. But one way to make waterproof ink is to find a pigment that won't dissolve in water, but will dissolve in another liquid. You mix those together to make the ink, and when it hits the page, the non-water liquid evaporates, leaving only the waterproof ink behind. Mind-blowing. Waterproofing an entire building, like the weird but true post office you mentioned, combines the above materials and strategies and others. To me, though, the most amazing waterproof things are natural objects, rocks, trees, and wild animals. These stay outside all the time, in all weather, and generally last much longer than even the fanciest raincoats. Next time it rains, go outside afterward and watch how the drops have gathered and then fall off a leaf without hurting it or the tree at all. I guess trees have the best umbrellas and raincoats of all. You Must Know Everything is produced by me, Jeremy Smith, and her, Rasa Smith, with awesome music by Furniture. Please rate, review, and share the show with friends. And please join us next time for everything you need to know.